the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He had run out of time. He had run out of time. Jesus had no time left. The cross is right around the corner. It is his last evening with his disciples. He will break the bread. He'll distribute the wine. He will use the same words that we have used in this church for 159 years. Take heed, this is my body. Take drink, this is my blood. He'll run out of time. And one of the gospel accounts indicates that after that most sacred moment of turning the Passover meal into this new sacrament, immediately after that communion, his 12 disciples led by three of them in particular, who had no self-control over their desire for power, the disciples began to fight amongst themselves. I don't know whether Jesus laughed or I don't know whether he cried because he had run out of time. Three years worth of ministry showing to them on a daily basis what their purpose on this earth was to be. And there was such a lack of self-control on the part of those disciples, led by three of them, that they are fighting over who is going to have the power when this earthly kingdom is set up. And Jesus makes one final attempt. Whoever, must, whoever wants to be great among you must be servant of all. And whoever wants to be first among you must be self-controlled enough to be slave of everyone else. He had run out of time. The Holy Spirit did his operation on these disciples. Fifty days later. And when the Holy Spirit had done his operation. Everything was changed. Romans 12. They were not conformed to the world anymore. The lust for power. They weren't conformed to the world anymore. They were transformed. By the operation done on their mind and hearts. And for the rest of their days on this earth. 20, 30, 40 years. They served the kingdom as best they could. Did they instantly have self-control? No, their nature was still there. But here were these men preaching, living, and dying for the kingdom. Self-control. Eight ingredients we went through, and then we come to number nine last week. 
eight ingredients that were poetry. Love is poetry, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. That's poetry, those eight words. And then you come to the word self-control. That's no poetry, that's a brick wall. This beautiful eight words and all of a sudden, boom, you're against a brick wall, self-control. And as I said last week, if you did not have the last one, the other eight are lost, mutated poisons. If you have not self-control, then your love for God quickly changes into hatred and anger. Why did you let this happen to my family if you had the power to stop it? Why did you let this cancer come to my niece if you had the power to stop it? Self-control quickly mutates the other eights. Love, joy, peace. You have no self-control. Where is peace in your life? Patience? I don't think so. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. If you have not the last one. And that's why God threw it in there. Let's start with love, the most powerful. These three remain faith, hope, and love. Let's, let's throw in love as the first, most powerful. Faith affects only you. Hope affects only you. Love, it cannot affect you. It has to affect others if it is to be effective. Let's start with love, but let's end with self-control because even my disciples on the night in which I betrayed, after I give them communion, they will be fighting as they have for the last two and a half years. Who's got the power? Self-control. He was one of the greatest bishops of the Anglican Church, Bishop Butler. It was a graduation day for the students. The ministers. He preached them a little bit of a sermon. Sermon basically was on self-control. He said to them, you are going out there against a powerful adversary. An adversary so powerful he got a hold of King David and he destroyed him. So powerful that he got a hold of Moses. And Moses had to be sent into the wilderness for 40 years. So powerful that he got a hold of the Israelites. And when Joshua and Caleb said, we can go against the giants in the promised land. The people had no self-control over their fears. They forgot about God. They went 40 years in the wilderness. Bishop Butler said, you're going against an enemy so great. That he went against Jesus' 12 disciples and brought them to their knees. And he went on and on with an hour and a half message. Self-control, he said to them. Self-control. He said, your conscience can whisper its proclamations. Your conscience can scream forth its warnings. But when you begin to debate with your conscience, you have already lost the battle. 
You will never win a debate against the evil one. And when you begin to debate your conscience, whether your conscience is right or wrong, you literally have taken your conscience and thrown it into the ditch. You have mocked it and you have walked on. He said to the graduates, a crash will come if you have no self-control, if your conscience is lost. A crash will come. The magnitude of the consequences of the crash are yet to be determined, depending upon the circumstance that temptation has brought you. And he said to them, When you fall, you'll blame everyone else. You'll blame your parents for the way they raised you. You blame your siblings. You'll blame your church. You'll blame everyone. Save yourself. Eve blamed Adam when self-control was lost. Adam blamed Eve. Then they joined together and they blamed God. Self-control, he said to them is the most important virtue you'll ever have in the ministry and in life. I did not say to you, love is the most important thing. I said self-control, because it is a thermostat for everything else. And then God be praised, at the very end of his message, he said one last word. He said... When you fall, you come to him. You ask him to forgive. And before the sentence is finished, he has already done that. He has forgiven. Luke 18, Rich Young, a lawyer. Mark 10, rich young ruler, one in the same. Before a word comes out of his mouth, the Bible says, Mark 10, that Jesus looked at this man coming to him and he instantly loved him. And the rich young uh, ruler comes to him and says to him, I got all this money, look at my robes, look at my chariot, look at my servants. If you want me to give you a tour of my mansion, I'll do that. I've got all this money, but I have not life. I do not have life. What can I do to have life? Long story short, Jesus said, Your wealth is your curse. Your money is your curse. It controls you. You do not control it. You're a black hole. Nothing comes out of you. Because your money, your wealth, and your power has controlled your life. He says to the man, give away everything you have. And the man looked at him, shook his head, walked away sadly. Give away all that you had. You say, not fair. 
Very next chapter, it's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus only had to give half of his money to the poor. Only half of it. He comes out of the house and says, I give half of what I have to the poor. Why did this man have to give everything? Because he had no self-control over it. You understand what I'm saying? You not say to an alcoholic, you can have one drink a week. You don't say that to an alcoholic. You not say to someone addicted to drugs, I tell you what, man, you can go ahead and have a hit one time a month, and then you got to shut her down. You don't say to someone addicted to pornography, you can watch for 15 minutes, no longer half an hour, once a month. Jesus looked at him, and he said, Everything has to go. And then this great weight sitting on your heart will lift. And you'll breathe for the first time in a decade. You'll breathe. Chains will be gone. When the man left, the disciples said to Jesus, What in the world is going on here? And Jesus said to them, It is easier for a camel, the largest animal of the Middle East, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom. And the disciples, understanding that have the reason they were with Jesus is because they wanted power and wealth and money, thinking that this miracle man could bring it into their life. The disciples then, thinking about themselves, said, Who then can be saved? And Jesus said to them, With man it is not possible, but with God... All things are possible. I mentioned it last week. I had four or five phone calls, text messages this past week. Give me the verse again, Pastor. Give me the verse again. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, that's the verse. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. God is faithful and just. God is the operative. God will make a way of escape so you can bear it when temptation comes. He will make a way that you have the ability to have self-control in any circumstance that arises. And if that happens, temptation come knocking at your door. And temptation is so arrogant with you, he doesn't even knock anymore, man. He doesn't come walking in. He doesn't even have to call Las Vegas and say, what are the odds if I bring this temptation to this individual? What are the odds that he will fall? He doesn't even have to call Vegas. Because every time he comes, you fall. 
But the Holy Spirit comes as he does to those disciples. And by the time he is through with his operation, Satan comes and he tries to open the door and it's locked and he knocks on the door and there's no answer. Satan, when the Holy Spirit has done his work, he, he bumps into a brick wall and he turns to his servants behind him and he says, do I have the right address? What's going on here? And you open the door and you say, God is going on here. God is going on here. Temptation, self-control. You say, I won't even try and fight you. I lose every time. But when God comes, you're not a cupcake anymore. When God comes, when God comes, David falls. He says to God, I wish I wasn't alive any longer because of what I've done. God forgives him. Does the temptation continue to come to David? You better believe it. But when it came thereafter, Satan ran into a brick wall. The disciples lost for power. When uh, Paul started those churches, Ephesus, Ephesus, Laodicea, when the disciples are out doing the kingdom work, did Satan come against them? Their lust for power, yes. And whenever he did, he bumped into a brick wall. May it be so for us. The same self-control that Jesus exhibited on his walk to the cross. Self, same self-control when Satan literally stands in his face, kneels on his back in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, you have all this power. Why waste it by dying in six hours on that cross? Let's get your act together. And Jesus, the last, Self-control episode. Satan, you've been on my case for three years. God's will. And it's done. Bishop Butler said to them, Ephesians 6. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand when the devil comes knocking on your door. Your struggle is never against a person. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers and the powers of this dark world. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes and the battle is finished and the smoke is cleared, you will still be standing Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray 
on every occasion that will ever come across your path, pray, and with his word and with his prayers, you will be his saints on this earth. Self-control. And I end as did Bishop Butler. Self-control. You and I have that power by God's grace. I'm not just talking about drugs and alcohol and the other stuff. I'm talking about self-control over a critical nature. Self-control over the dark environment you always bring with you. The critical nature, judgmental nature, these things, fits of rage, dissension, discord. Control over those things. And when we fall, we ask him to forgive. And he will forgive us before the sentence is ever finished. Rise up, he said. Rise up, servants of the Most High God, and serve him in our Savior's name. Amen. Would you rise as we pray? Dear Lord, you understood that if Satan came against you so mightily, and you're the Son of God, that he would certainly come against your disciples your Moseses, your Abrahams, your Davids, your Simon Peters. He would come against each of them. And that is why you mention as often as you do in the Bible, be alert, be self-controlled. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may chew up. Resist him. You have the power, resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Be the servant of the Most High God. Heavenly Father, I think it more than irony that on a Veterans Day weekend, this sermon appears. Because if you're in the military, there is one word preached over and over again to you. That word is self-discipline and self-control. Be with your children in our Savior's name. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 